five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. I was watching videos this morning on retargeting and I realized that I didn't know who any of those people were. And so I should probably tell you who I am in case you haven't ever met me. Uh, I'm a 40 year direct marketing consultant or junk mail expert for short. And I've had a lot of experiences and I still have a lot of opinions. How to prepare your digital marketing strategy for 2022. This is the first 2022 article I've seen, but that doesn't mean it's the first one, but, you know, for preparing for marketing strategy. And as Mark Ritson points out, almost nothing in this article, would point out if he saw this article, almost nothing in this thing is anything to do with strategy. It's about technology and revolutionary changes and marketing struggling. And what a strategy is, a strategy is saying, you know, we've always targeted left-handed paper hangers. And as a company, we're going to go and try to and try to target, instead of the people buying our wallpaper, we're going to start trying to target uh, women remodeling their house. That would be a totally different strategy. Then we would start thinking about, should we do multi-channel? Should we do, should we try to figure out customer journey? Should we do digital or should we do, uh, all that's tactics, all that. Should we do direct mail? Should we, should we hang a paper hanger off of a billboard and let him struggle for a few days? Anyway, those would all be tactics. And this is all about tactics. One is diversify. I love this research shows. I always love when they say, Research shows on average 47% of shoppers want to read at least three to five blog posts on a company website. Mine has lots of them. <laughs> I've never read any that I can remember. I never go to like Ford Motor Company and go read their blog post. I've never owned a Ford. Maybe that's why. Anyway, video content. People want more videos. Here we are. I'm on video. Do you want this or not? I don't know. Uh, LinkedIn seems to keep throttling it. Voice search. Every year I see this. Voice search is going to be so big this year. You know, I tried voice search on third-party cookies this morning at breakfast, and it never got me what I wanted, not even within a mile. In fact, it gave me breaking news of Google announcement from 2020 that they were going to delay their, <laughs> delay their cookie um, debacle. Anyway, and that's from Google itself. More live events. We're live. Somebody just posted that nobody knows what strategy means anymore. This is live. You can actually post something and you can see if I get it. I may not, but I might. Okay. And personalization. Personalization will make or break e-commerce businesses. A whopping 80% of shoppers say they're more likely to engage with a brand if they send personalized offers. Now, you know, is that causal? Here's the fallacy, okay? So let's say you send me an ad about Ford cars and what a great deal you're having. I couldn't care less. I've never owned a Ford, etc. Now, on the other hand, let's say this morning my check engine light comes on and you send me an ad. If your check engine light just came on, bring your shop to our service center. That is personalized. That is relevant. Now, was that a relevant ad? No, it just ran an ad on the local news. If your check engine light just came on, come and see my service center. Is it personalized? Absolutely. Is it relevant? 100%. How did we do that? 
We put a cookie on your car and we tracked you wherever you drove. No. All we did was say, in the headline, you know, read this Confessions of an Ad Man by David Ogilvy. <laughs> Announce to your potential audience who your specific audience is. Okay? That's personalized. But it's not causal. Right? In digital, we have this fallacy that we think we can guess what you're going to want next. Be better off just sending out a broad ad saying, we don't know what you want, but in case you're looking for, you know, a, a, a transparent umbrella that blocks UV rays, we got one or something like that. Okay, social proof. We need lots of reviews, and especially if they're bought and paid for, that way you get. Don't always buy five-star. Have some of your of some of your paid reviewers give four stars so that you get not a perfect review. Uh, 2022 is going to have exciting breakthroughs like on New Year's. We're all going to cheer and say 2022 is here. That's the breakthrough. Anyway, data-driven privacy. Google makes data-driven attribution a default model in privacy landscape. Thanks, Lori Sullivan. We'll put you in a tag. Okay, data-driven attribution uses cons con conversion data to calculate actual contribution of each ad interaction. They're going to study every ad interaction across the conversion path. So it considers clicks, video, YouTube, and display in Google Ads. Let's see, gee. So if you do a mailer, what gets attributed to the mailer? Absolutely nothing. That's the first point. If you want to know why mail has fallen out of favor, largely it's because the king of digital advertising is also the king of digital attribution. If you trust Google to tell you what's working, you're going to know for sure that Google is working. Okay, 3,000 ad interactions... You have to have a minimum of 3,000 ad interactions in supported networks. Key phrase. You advertise on Facebook, may not count. Gee, Facebook won't get any credit. Conversion action must have at least 300 conversions within 30 days. And that says you need to have some statistical validity, right? How do you prove a coin is fair? With one flip? They get heads. I actually, when I was in college, I learned a lot. And one of the things I learned was to flip a coin repeatedly that come up the same. About 75%. I was pretty good at it. I also threw knives. Um, and I could get it to flip either one. So you wouldn't know that I was cheating. You know, I could get it to flip heads one time and tails the next. It's real easy. You go like, catch it like this. And it's Heads over and over and over. Now you catch it like this and go like that, and it's tails. Even if it lands heads. I didn't have to look at it. I knew what was going to come up. Anyway, I can't do it anymore, but I just wanted you to know that when you play, when you know the game, you know the outcome. Okay, so um, plastic postcards still have the best conversion. Okay, that's good to know. And I don't think I've ever used a plastic postcard, but it's something you can test. It's a little more expensive, but 
most of the postcards I get, and I was going to go in the trash and look for one, but they're folded in half around the rest of my mail, and they're kind of beat up. I mean, they really are. Postcards get beat up more than anything else. And I got, I keep my mailers over here sometimes, but I don't have any postcards because they're the most beat up, and I don't save them. I'm the least likely to save a postcard. So if you plastic coat it, it's going to do better. Direct mail still as strong as ever. Actually, it's stronger than ever because the post, the the mailbox used to be full. Now everything's kind of special. And then there's more statistics that research shows. Let's go over here to Joy Jendusa, who I every now and then like to cite. You're probably missing out on a majority of leads from your website, and here's how to get them back. Okay, people come to your website, but then they leave. It's the way it is. It's like deer hunting. Over 90% of the deer you don't shoot at will walk away eventually. Okay, so 97% of the potential leads are slipping through your fingers because that's about your average conversion rate. So you should try to talk to them again. Okay, and here's some on-site lead capture strategies, tactics. <laughs> Further pique their, their curiosity, always a good word, pique. By offering them something of value, a special offer, newsletter, etc., in exchange for their contact information. The pop-up is my personal favorite, okay? And uh, they said, this is really interesting, I thought. We've improved the, the effectiveness of our pop-ups from 27 to 4%, 0 0.27, 0 0.3 to, to 4%. That's like a 1,000% improvement with A-B testing. Now, they probably actually advertise this stuff. You know, personally, if you have a small website that doesn't get a lot of views, you know, I, I don't think we've, I went through a lot of work putting up pop-ups and then another version of pop-ups and then another version of pop-ups and offering them something, you know, one of my five strategies for database marketing or something, you know, probably tactics. And I, uh, I don't think I ever captured one email address that way. Which is one of the problems. Digital is tough to scale. You know, people want to be anonymous. They want to lurk around. Okay. Um, and then she talks about a 4% increase in the leads from your website traffic. Well, this isn't a 4%. This is a 1,000%. This is way beyond. Okay. Uh, then you've got digital retargeting. You put a piece of code on your website, a cookie, that attaches to visitors. I love that phrase. So really, a cookie is more like a tick. A tick that as you're walking through the beautiful woods and the scenery and enjoying nature attaches to you. <laughs> that is exactly what it really is, a tick. Okay? And uh, it allows you to retarget them with ads on other websites. Now, that part, that's what people think of as third-party cookies. But actually, if they come to your website and you put the code on them, that's a first-party cookie. And it enables you also, like when I go back on Facebook, it already has me logged in, like I was always there. And that's the first-party cookie. And they can keep track of me between visits. And that's how, when we did the work for E-Trade, um, they had four servers. They had data on every customer on four different platforms looping around and when you came they'd give you a cookie and they, 
but unfortunately the cookie was somewhat dynamic in case you deleted it and uh so they never embedded the cookie with the customer identity so it was pretty worthless and we tried to explain it to them because they had like oh my gosh i don't remember like 600 fields for their customers and all the only thing that held them together was a cookie. Anyway, understand this. You need understand to understand cookie works. Third-party cookies. When logging onto a page, the page says a cookie. A small piece of code identifying the user to your browser. Okay. When returning to the site, this cookie gets handed over by the browser back to the page, letting the page know that you're still logged in. But you're not only getting cookies from the sites you are visiting. Advertisement on the visited page comes from an advertisement company. Every time an ad is shown, cookie gets saved to your browser this is a third-party cookie okay so you see that so your company can do this interaction with my browser okay but when you have ads on your site then the ads are also interacting with my browser and they're not really connected with my browsing in terms of I meant to go to your site I didn't mean to see an Apple ad right that you served up Next time an ad from the same company is loaded, the browser hands over the cookie. This allows the advertiser to generate new ads based on the user's previous right. interaction and exposure. Once content has been generated, a new cookie is sent. They also have an interaction between those ads and you through time. So when you go to other ad, other sites, you might see the same ad or you might see different ads, but maybe you'll click on Lego. Okay, and then you're more likely to get more Lego ads no matter what site you go to. That's the third-party aspect. It is independent of the site you're watching, and that's a real key point. Next time, the browser would hand over two cookies. So how does this affect your online privacy? The more cookies an advertisement company saves to your browser, the better user profile they can generate. This means more relevant ads for you, but also that your every move is being tracked. Advertisement here, companies even buy and here's sell the key information part. in between. Whether you feel that your online privacy is being breached or not. So they save the interactions, right? And they share the interactions across all the people in the in the cooperative. So you can delete your cookies, but uh, you're you're getting full of cookies. The funny part is is that like WDMA.org, I double checked it and and we're serving up cookies. Did I ever do that? No. It has something to do with the with the WordPress apps that I'm serving up. So that's like it's like Crazyville, you know. You can't even even if you wanted to produce a, a website that didn't have cookies, it'd be hard to get rid of them because they're hard to get rid of. And I I have no idea how to get rid of them. So anyway, um, then so they come to your website and now you and now you know first party. You sign up for an email list, you view a service, product page, or, aban or abandoning your shopping cart. Now we can track, we can capture your IP address, okay, not just your cookie. So when you go to a website and, you know, you think of it as interactive, it's not really. You go to, the website serves up a whole bunch of files and pictures and links. And the files, pictures, and links, especially the links, uh, you click a link or you click a menu item and it, then it brings up that, it brings up a whole other set of junk and fills your browser with that. And it has to know what kind of device you're on. It has to know what kind of browser you're on in order to optimize that for you. Okay. So, and it has to send them somewhere back to you. So there's a continuous send to you and you make a choice 
and then send to you and that's why your IP address is important. And so now we can check your IP address and maybe you opted into Netflix or something. And so maybe we already know your physical address. The tricky part is, is that there isn't really a one-to-one -one great correspondence with the IP address. So companies are very creative about trying to figure that out. And uh, the one I always liked was, where does your cell phone sleep? It's probably your home address, right? So let's track the location and find out where you, gee, it stays put there for, you know, or where do you work? Ah, oh, gee, it stays there for most of the day if you go to the office. Okay. Um, but the problem with that is, is that, like I said, they don't always match. And, you know, my experience, and I, and I just, I, I verify this every time I talk to a new provider of this. I said, okay, so if 100,000 people go to your website, how many physical addresses do you get that have opted in somewhere that says you could send them information? And uh, and everything matches. And I said, about 5,000, right? And they said, yeah. So that's the tricky part is it sounds like a great promise. But if you've got 1,000 people coming, then you're talking about, what, 50? Right. Something like that. So it's not very scalable, as we've been saying about a lot of things in digital. Now, is it not worth doing? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely worth doing, especially if you have a big... Uh, e-commerce site and you've got a lot of card abandonment it's one of the great things you can do is just send them a postcard because a lot of times well like yesterday i was going to buy a commemorative coin five of them for someone who's not in office <laughs> just for fun i just thought it'd be funny to do and uh it wouldn't take my happy card so i think because it was a debit card it wouldn't take it i don't know why but i just closed the window i don't care i didn't need that thing i just was impulsive uh, and I'd seen the ad over and over and over and over and over. And finally, oh, yeah, I think I'll get a couple of these. Anyway, so you're already spending money to drive interest. Spend a little more to retarget. And I can tell you that my experience in the Lovesack Love case, which I've shared many times, has been, it was really effective. Uh, it can really be effective because they were doing TV ads to j drive traffic to their website and then retargeting with mail with LS Direct, Brian Dillette. Check out Brian, uh, say hi to him for me. And really effective. And they did it at the beginning of this, of this technology, but it's from just talking to Brian every now and then. If you, and if you see this, Brian, let me know if there's, if it's, you know, it's still working for people. Um, and I think it's working better. Now, we're working on a strategy to, to amplify that and, and get a way, better, a way better result where you could actually retarget 100% of the visitors rather than 5%. And Brian, if you'd like to hear about that, get in touch with me because I think it's going to be revolutionary and it's ready to go out of the box right now. We just need some people to want to hear about it. So that's my shot at generating leads for the day. Um, but 40 years and still pioneering, I've written two pat patents and working on three more for the year. So, uh, if you want to see stuff, you'd, you know, like flipping coins, how to flip coins, you won't get it anywhere else. Have a great day. Like, and share your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.